Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Um, feels weird only having one game to talk about um, this week, but actually lots of games not involving Wednesday that are significant. So as um, as we sit here then, another week, Wednesday is still in it, and it's kind of become a battle as to who is who is the worst out of the teams at the bottom, because no one really wants to take the opportunities, do they? So defeat for Wednesday at Middlesbrough, but other results also going Wednesday's uh, Wednesday's way, so we go into the penultimate weekend still in with a chance. Yes, they do. Um, and but it's quite straightforward that you look at the permutations now, James. And what Wednesday could draw on Saturday as long as Derby lose, and then they'd still take it to the final day. And you're looking at it as a end of season shootout um, between Derby and Wednesday. Wednesday win and it piles all sorts of pressure on both Rotherham and Derby uh, due to the kickoff change, and I'm sure we'll get on to that a bit later. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple, really. That I, I just look at it and think that Wednesday they have to win both matches. They have to uh, yeah. to give themselves a fine chance. And and frankly, if they draw again and they get away with it, and Derby don't take advantage against Swansea. It gets to the point of where you think it's utterly ridiculous and ludicrous that Sheffield Wednesday could still have a chance of staying up um, when they're on, they're not on a good run. Right, it's two wins out of seven, and uh, you know there's only been I think what three wins and out twelve under Darren Moore. And I know that we talked a lot about. I think there's there's definitely more of a positive energy and vibe around the place with Darren Moore at the helm, but there hasn't been a new manager bounce, not, not certainly not in results. And, and I'm not for one minute, by the way, blaming the position that Sheffield Wednesday find themselves in on Darren Moore. Uh, but you, you can't sort of get past the yeah, results and the points that Wednesday've collected since he's come in, uh, that it hasn't been great. But here we are, two matches to go. Wednesday haven't been relegated. It's almost like all three teams kind of deserve to be relegated for different reasons, don't they? It's like it would it would be fairer just to let someone else come up from League One and just relegate all three because no one uh, no one wants to take advantage of the the opportunity. The Middlesbrough game then, which in a lot of ways almost kind of summed up the season really for Wednesday because the chances were there, um, but. Uh, once again, it was kind of down to not taking chances and individual errors at the back. So Middlesbrough getting the noses in front with, um, I mean, you've got to put it down as a mistake by Julian Berner, really. Um, but but right through the game, it kind of felt like the the story of the season sort of summed up that the chances were there. Middlesbrough were fairly poor first half and, and Wednesday really could have, uh, have, have, have been going in ahead at, at the break. Um, and then second half just didn't, didn't really happen, didn't really turn up. It was eerily familiar for me to QPR two weeks before where Wednesday they've gone in at half time and it's one all and you're thinking that Borough, just as QPR, were there for the taking. And then Wednesday have that big opportunity, don't they, uh, with Josh Windass and the chance fell to the man in form in this Wednesday team and that you wanted it to fall to. Unfortunately, he didn't put it away. And uh, and then you, you get 
more blunders at the back. Uh, Jordan Rhodes then misses a great header to make it two all. Um, and they're lucky that Birmingham has, have done them a huge favour coming from behind to beat Derby at Pride Park to keep Wednesday still in, uh, you know, in with a sort of in with a chance. And yeah, yeah, I don't want, I don't, I'm not really in the habit of singling out individuals. Um, for criticism, especially when it's been a collective effort for why Wednesday are in the position that they're in. But I think when you talk specifically about Julian Berner, uh, he he really has gone downhill this season Mm. and there's no getting away from it. That For every sort of good or strong performance he's put in, that I, I include Middlesbrough, that must be at least half a dozen times this season where... He's had an absolute stinker and his lack of pace has been exploited. And then he's tried to be Beckenbauer playing out from the back and he took a heavy touch and it's just such sloppy play. And it's not as if he's a young, inexperienced player. He's been now in the championship. This is his second season. You can't cut him that slack anymore. And, and, and you know, he's an experienced player full stop. So, yeah, he's been and he's captained a team in Germany. So I just think that yeah, Julian Berner actually in a lot of ways sums up Wednesday this season of where he's really struggled for consistency. And and he hasn't played poorly all season, but for every decent match he's thrown in, he's then just thrown it. He's just had an absolute mare. You know, it's like one good game, one bad game, and there's no sort of middle ground. And that's what you need from players more often than not. And that's why, you know, when when you hit that middle ground, you're then going to be probably mid-table, aren't you? Whereas Wednesday have been in the bottom three all season. And that's due to the fluctuations in form of all players. And you could go across the team, couldn't you? From Adam Reach, Barry Bannon, you could talk about lots of individuals in the same boat. Same category as Julian Berner. Yeah, you <clears throat> just to echo what you said in terms of the fact that it does it feels wrong to single out a single player for criticism, but you're also right in that Julian Berner probably personifies what is what is wrong with this squad of players that we've that we've got. Which, to be fair to to, to Julian Berner, you know we've he's very popular and you know we we all kind of like him and we have seen him put in some good performances but if we're honest he is an average footballer who makes mistakes and that costs you games and you could probably apply that across the majority of this squad that's where we're at we've got a squad that's pretty much full of average players that have off days and you add those things together and you end up second from bottom and and it kind of makes sense because you're going to give away, you you can have games where you play relatively well and you give away goals and you don't get the result that you deserve. And that is the story of Sheffield Wednesday's season. Sheffield Wednesday have not really been um, some of the performances, some of the the games, some of the individual talent that we've seen from players uh, adds up to being well out of the relegation zone. But you you create that, you know, we've talked before about the perfect storm of when you do things like Wednesday do, particularly stuff like missing guilt-edged chances and then giving away late goals, you're going to get relegated. And and unfortunately, you know, Berner kind of showed on on, um, Saturday that... You know, he he kind of perfectly sums that up, really, in terms of the fact that 
it's just not really good enough. And we've got an entire squad now of, of players across the board who you look at and go, they're just not really good enough. And, and, and that is why we find ourselves coming away from Middlesbrough, a game that we needed to win, that we could have won. It's not like the chances weren't there. And actually, we've lost quite comprehensively. And, and that is why we find ourselves where, where we are, really, isn't it? It is. And uh, let's talk about a positive uh, from Borough. And there was one for me. There was a, a beacon of hope. And that was Andre Green's performance. Uh, and I thought that Andre Green... Uh, you know, showed a lot of qualities that I liked. Um, it, ball carrying, again, the tr- chances that he created, he, he nearly scored himself. Everything good about Wednesday came through Andre Green. And it was a shock to see him in the team. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he'd not started for three months. Uh, and many fans had been on social media. They'd been calling for Andre Green and asking the question, why is he not started more? Why is he not getting more opportunities to impress him? and show what he can do. Well, he got it on Saturday, and I tell you what, he's now nailed on, injuries permitting, and I haven't heard anything to suggest he's got an injury. He's going to be starting the last two matches. He's got to. Um, I, I definitely saw there's more end product with him than what you'd get with a Kadeem Harris, who's so yeah. hit and miss, as we've seen for the last couple of years. Uh, and, yeah, I, I tell you what, he's one of those players that, He's under contract for next season. And I think Andre Green, should the worst happen and Wednesday relegated, I could see him being a big player in League One in Wednesday looking to revive the, and turn around the fortunes. Yeah, you, you're probably right. And and actually, it is the kind of... It, it's 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 the kind of thing we need to happen with a couple of games to go. We need someone who just comes into form and has that bit of flair. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we talked about Julian Berner there. Kadeem Harris perfectly fits into that category as well of someone that has unfortunately been absolutely bang average, but then had some bad games. And we saw when he came on, some of his touches were, were just just not good enough. We need better than that because we've got to, you know, we we need to score goals. Two games of the season to go. It's ridiculous that it comes down to this, but we have to. We have to score enough goals to win both those games. Um, so, you know, Andre Green kind of having a point to prove and not being... Well, I hope this makes sense that that just about everyone else who's on that pitch at the moment in some way is tainted by this season. Uh, you know, Andre Green doesn't fall into that category. He's not played enough for us to look at him and go, well, he's rubbish, he can go. Like everyone else, you can kind of make a case and just say, well, they've just not, they've not done the business. They, they, don't, they don't really deserve anything. Andre Green doesn't fall into that category. He barely played any football. He's got a point to prove. If he's thinking, I don't want to play in League One next season, fair enough. Go out there and prove what you can do in the championship in the last two games and and, and you know if you if you keep Sheffield Wednesday in the championship, then you 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 are playing for the championship team next season. If you if you still put in two great performances, Wednesday go down, you move on. Whatever, we'll worry about that when it when it comes to it. But um, yeah, good good points. We need we need to talk a little bit about Tom Lees, don't we? Because you know it was uh, he, he's had. By modern football terms, he's been a very loyal servant to Sheffield Wednesday. And, you know, the last two, three seasons, he's had a bad time with injuries, Tom Lees, um, and really not the end to his Wednesday career that we'd have wanted to happen. We 
We don't know for definite that it is the end of his Wednesday career, but it does feel like that's probably it now for for Tom Lees. And it did. It, it was. It's always horrible, particularly when fans aren't there, and you can hear the 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 kind of the groans of a player as they pick up an injury at the moment in football. Um, and wherever kind of people stand in terms of you know Tom Lees and his service to the club or anything, it is not the end to any player's career with a club that you want to see happen. That. If that's the end of Tom Lees' Sheffield Wednesday career, it's, it's not the way that he deserves to bow out. No. The, you know, the guy has played over 270 matches for Wednesday, and you're right that he's had uh, you know his fair share of injuries at Wednesday, where he's been out for sometimes he's been out for two or three months. I remember uh, in Carlos Carvalho's first year when I think he got a hamstring that kept him out for two or three months uh, and then you know, he had another serious injury I think in the 17-18 season as well when he was out for a period but actually you do the maths seven years at the club and to play over 270 matches I, I think that you know what on average that's sort of between 35-40 matches so he doesn't miss doesn't miss too many despite the fact that he picks up the odd injury but he has been a good servant and I know that you know, some fans and comments that I've read online of where you know they've almost tried to downplay that and said, well, you know, he's passed his best, he's not been as good in the last few years. Maybe so, but I tell you what, he's one of the bankers in this Wednesday team, or he's one of those who we've gone and said, you know, like, you know, this season, I know it's not saying much, he's still been arguably one of Wednesday's better performers. And that was after he had the captaincy taking him off and so it had taken off him and so that sort of to me illustrates his character and mental fortitude and he's one of the few that you could actually say that about this Wednesday team where he didn't let that uh, get him down didn't down tools some players might have done or some players might have even looked to move on uh, but Tom Lees has stayed loyal and he's kept giving you know, everything that he's got and so it's going. To, it's highly unlikely, isn't it, that he's going to feature in the last two matches? You know, Jamie Smith said after the match that he'd not suffered a fracture, and that's so that's good news. But ankles, I've had my own problems with ankles, and I tell you, if, if it's swollen up and is ballooned, I, it might not have even been sent for an MRI yet. I, I, I can't see how he's going to be fit and able to play against Forest and Derby. No, you, you you do feel that that's that's it, and <clears throat> you know where I stand on Tom Lee's is that he has been a good servant to the club, um, and he's been there through the good times, and obviously he's been there through the bad times, and I think it is time for him to move on, um, and I think it is time for us to 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 kind of rebuild what has been generally quite a. Uh, inadequate defence in the last few years certainly an up and down a topsy-turvy defence it's not it's not been a reliable defence for, for Wednesday and it is time for us to uh, to make some changes and, and it is time for Tom Lees to move on but I, I wouldn't you know I, I absolute total respect to Tom Lees for the services given to Wednesday and I don't want to see his Wednesday career end the way that it seemingly has done because you don't wish that on any player um, and that's that's a, a, a real um, a real shame Um so then, um, since then, so we saw um, obviously results going Wednesday's way in terms of uh, Barnsley beating 
Rotherham, perhaps somewhat fortuitously from from what I hear, uh, Birmingham beating Derby, and then as we record this last night, Brentford just edging past Rotherham. So it, 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 all results are going Wednesday's way. We were saying um, in we described it in terms that we can't use on the podcast before we recorded, but it has become a battle of who is slightly less worse than the other teams. We're now going into penultimate weekend of the season and there aren't many of these kind of situations left where oh Wednesday get you know a stay of execution or you know it goes for another week because it's it's getting to the point now where we really are running out of games two to go four points behind Derby and Rotherham still with that game in hand next week which you know further kind of complicates everything really um so Wednesday go to uh Forest Uh, is it uh, no it's at Hillsborough Forest yeah, Forest come to Hillsborough on Saturday. The permutations are, I mean, complicated-ish in terms of the fact, as you said, a point might be enough. Let's let's assume that Derby lose their game. A point would mean that Wednesday are three points behind Derby, have to play them on the last day of the season. Goal difference has been more or less the same, hasn't it? So, um, you know, beating them would obviously nudge goal difference uh, one one point in each direction. So uh, would would kind of be enough going into that last game of the season assuming also that Rotherham keep losing it, it is still quite complicated you touched on this earlier on this is has been further um com- yeah com- complicated further confused further muddled by Wednesday's kickoff being brought forward to lunchtime so the game is being televised now you can look at this two ways can't you you can say if Wednesday lose then Derby know that just a point would be um, in fact, uh, I think Wednesday lose, it's all over anyway, isn't it? Doesn't doesn't make any difference. Um, so um, you know, Wednesday draw, Derby would know that a point would be enough for them. Um, or, uh, or the flip side of that is, if Wednesday do win, it does mean there's more pressure then on Rotherham and Derby. They know they've got to go out and get results, which Rotherham know anyway. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about it, but it it does feel like it hands an advantage to Derby. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You, you sort of outlined um, the, the scenarios, and so it could flip either way. And I, I just think, anyway, what it boils down to for me is that I think it's playing wrong. I think it's a disgrace, actually, that they're not kicking off at the same time. And I get that Sky called the shots. They're the broadcasters with the TV rights. And so for entertainment purposes and drama, and let's face it, the only narratives left in the championship are at the bottom of the table. All the promotion, top two spots, they're, they're gone, taken care of. The playoffs, done, dusted. So you're left with the bottom three. But the penultimate match of the season, when everything's still on the line, everything's still to play for, I don't see how you can't have Sheffield Wednesday, Derby County and Robin United. They've all got to be playing at the same time, the penultimate match of the season, when everything's still on the line and it's all to play for. And I I, I don't think that's right at all. And I'm amazed, really, that the governing bodies, EFL, that they can't just step in and say that you're handing an unfair advantage or whatever to... But by not having it as a level playing field, by not having them all kick off at the same time, I, I, I don't agree with it at all. And I think that it's not, if you watch, it won't be something that will get addressed or looked at. It's not even no. probably on their radar. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, you know, for Wednesday, 
they've got to be looking at it as an opportunity. You 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 win, and you're a point then behind Derby, and then you're also up to twenty seconds. So that's what how Wednesday have to approach it, and and that's how they've got to approach the last two matches. They've got to be looking at it and thinking, right, give ourselves the best opportunity of staying up. How are we going to do that? We've got to win our two matches. Stop relying on results elsewhere. Right, that yeah. you know, when you know Wednesday've been so fortunate. And I said it before, I'll say it again, they have. They should have been relegated by now. Um, it's only because that bottom five, in any other season, James, as well, I tell you what, Huddersfield would have been relegated. They've been on another shocking run this year. But again, that bottom four has been so dire that they're lucky that they're pretty much out of the equation going into the last two matches. But yeah, you know, Wednesday have to hold the nerve and Wednesday have to go, right, Forget about our rubbish away form. At home, we've won the last match. We've taken four points in the last two home matches. Let's go do our jobs against a Forest side that have got nothing to play for. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward from a Wednesday perspective, isn't it? It doesn't really matter what time we kick off because we... Uh, even if we knew that Derby had only drawn or something, uh, or if we knew that Derby had lost, you know, if it was the other way around, you've still got that game in hand that Rotherham have got. So Wednesday can't afford to do anything other than win on Saturday. So it kind of doesn't really matter. I think the the the, the message on the training pitch, the team talk, just needs to be: look, two games left. You need six points. Otherwise, you're not you're not going to stay in this division. So um, it it I mean it's it's as straightforward as it gets. Just got to go out there and win but I do agree that I mean I can't remember how this normally works a penultimate game of the season do they normally all kick off at the same time I can't really remember um I seem no, to remember Wednesday going day, to no, it's on the last day of the season where they they have to kick off at the same time but no I don't think there are any sort of rules in place or anything stopping uh, you know, uh, the broadcasters from changing the kickoff times as they have done um, and your Sky want to show two championship matches on Saturday, James. It's as simple as that. And uh, it's only at the bottom of the table where there's anything still at stake. So it makes sense from their perspective. I completely get it. And in the championship, I bet you as well, for their audience, of course, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, I bet you would be sort of in and around that top six for championship teams that would get most watch on Sky. Uh, I, I, I remember sort of reading some statistics about it a few years ago that, you know, Wednesday would be one of those clubs along with Leeds when they were in the championship where, again, they'd get most watch and uh, on Sky. And so, uh, yeah, you know, they'd be wanting, hoping, like the rest of us, that it goes down to the final day. As I can tell you who they'll uh, be picking. <laughs> I know which match will get shown on Sky for that one. Hmm, I wonder, wonder which one it would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, from a neutral point of view, you, you want that to happen, don't you? You want that you know, kind of dramatic um, game. You know, I, I do remember the, um, the Wednesday Palace game way back when, um, which I seem to think was actually shown on terrestrial TV, but I don't know what makes it me was, think it was that. On I think, I think, no, it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. I remember um, watching it as well. I mean, from a neutral point of view, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, you, you kind of have that that almost, you know, winner-takes-all or certainly, you know, loser-loser-all um, game. And, you know, we said a few weeks ago, if Wednesday can take it down to the last game of the season, that will be an achievement. And actually, it 
sort of feels like Wednesday should have been able to pull themselves out of it in that time since because other teams' form's been so bad as we've touched on. Um, but you know we are where we are, and uh, it is now all about, isn't it, taking it down to that last game of the of the season, and that just means got to go out and and beat and beat Forest ultimately. Um, away from the on the pitch action, then. Rumour mill starting to uh, get into full swing in terms of what's going to happen during the summer and players um, potentially going out. A couple of players who've been linked with other clubs this week. Um, one who I think some fans probably will be bothered about, one maybe less so. So there's been talk about um, Josh Windass being linked to um, a couple of other clubs and also Joey Pellipessi with a link away. His contract, of course, is up at the end of this season. Yes, sorry, James, the dramatic pause there. Uh, you caught me on the hop. Um, yeah, no, uh, Josh Winnas has been linked with a few championship clubs, hasn't he? So uh, I think Stoke, Middlesbrough, Cardiff. There was even a bit of talk about Hull City, uh, but his dad quickly stepped in yesterday to uh, deny that there'd been any talks that taken place with Hull, who, of course, have been promoted to the championship. And I- I've already written about it this week Um for Yorkshire Live and I think it's inevitable that whatever happens in the final two matches of the season that Josh Windass there's going to be interest in him this summer there's going to be a few suitors for him I I look at Windass and I've got to be honest and say he's one of the few saleable assets in this team and I'd only maybe put Dominic Iorfa and Barry Bannon into that conversation as well of the players under contract for next season that would command sizable, decent transfer fees. Windass is 27 and in a team that has struggled for long periods to score goals on a consistent basis, he's managed 10 and he's also chipped in with five assists in 42 matches. So you break down the numbers, that's a Pretty decent return. And I'll, I'll go back to what I've said before of when the much maligned recruitment drive that uh, has been heavily criticised and rightly so for Wednesday's part of the position that Wednesday find themselves in. Him and Callum Patterson have really been the only success stories that you, or, or players that you could class as have been success, successes this season. So... Um, yeah, I, I think that Wednesday are going to have a real job on their hands keeping Josh Windass, I really do, and especially if they get relegated. Uh, yeah, I think that you know, Windass is happy uh, and he, you know, he's, he's done quite a bit of media recently and you get the impression that I think he's really enjoying life under Darren Moore uh, and that Darren Moore sees him as a big part of his plans, but I think it's going to be very difficult for Wednesday to hang on to him, I really do. It almost feels a little bit irrelevant kind of having this conversation now because I think we've got obviously such a big couple of games ahead of ourselves that we anything that's a distraction from that is, is literally that. It's a distraction. Um, but I, I can see that argument. You know, I've, I've said before that I, I wouldn't really batter an eyelid about any member of this squad who who moves on if they do. And if Josh Windass goes, then Josh Windass goes. Um, I, 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 it just doesn't. It doesn't worry me. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I, you know, I can see the argument to say that he has been one of the brighter performers, certainly in the final third of the the season, where he has come into a bit of form and he has showed 
uh, a little bit of life which has, has been kind of void in other parts of the park so um uh, yeah i i think th- there's certainly conversations to be had once the season's wrapped up and and done and over and we know where wednesday are and then we've got to move towards trying to figure out who who Darren Moore wants to keep around for you know the big rebuilding project over the next what two or three years ultimately that it's going to take to kind of get this squad back to a position that um, that we want to see it in. Um, Joey Pellipesi, the other player that's kind of been talked about moving away, I think there's a, quite a few fans that were a little bit surprised that he um, got a new contract last summer anyway. Um, he has played a little bit recently, hasn't he? And 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 I know actually that you know there's there's been some decent performances and Wednesday actually have, have generally picked up. Um, uh, quite a few points with with Joey Pellipesi on the pitch, um, but it's another one for me that just kind of feels like the time is right that he's been a bit of an average performer at Sheffield Wednesday, and, and it's right for him to move on now. I think um, you're right in what you said before. Of it's hard to make any sort of cast iron decisions on the, these type of things when we don't know what league Wednesday are going to be in next season, uh, and. When you talk specifically about Joey Pellipesi, um, you, you've got championship clubs rumoured to be interested in him, and then your teams in Holland, FC Groningen, too, that have been linked. Uh, and so, actually, he'd be another one where if Wednesday get relegated, then you see, I would be inclined to keep him personally in League One. And, and I know that, and I get your argument of, you wouldn't bat an eyelid after such a season of underachievement if most of this squad are discarded. And I do get that and take that sort of point of view. I think it is valid in a lot of ways that Wednesday needs to rip everything up and start again. But they don't want to completely have to rebuild this team. You know, They still need a nucleus of some players to still be here. There's going to be a massive turnover anyway with the amount of -of out-of-contract players that Wednesday have. And that's why I actually think that Peri Pessi, if you're looking to League One and Wednesday potentially trying to mount a promotion challenge next season, Joey Peri Pessi wouldn't be a bad player at all at that level. I'm not saying he's a regular, I'm saying he's a squad player. And if Wednesday are going to struggle to keep hold of Barry Bannon, and again, I think he's another one that I, will we want to play in League One, Barry Bannon? You know, he might still see himself as a championship player. It could mean, we know Liam Shaw's going, so it could mean that Wednesday have to completely reshape midfield. And so that, that's why they're going to have to make some very prudent strategic decisions on the players that they want to keep from those out-of-contract players. Uh, and but yeah, I I, I think it. I actually think it could be a bit tricky, even with Joey Pellipesi. And I know that some people will probably laugh at that, but the, the truth is that he will have other suitors as well, you know, similar to Josh Windass. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> a couple of games to go, and and we're only going to get more of this, aren't we? Talk about which players are still going to be around and not, and it does feel like where where Wednesday are is is almost pivotal in in that and we've got to get that established first so I think all all attention now forest game on um, on Saturday 
that's going to wrap us up then for um, this week. You can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our goal partners, Title Law Solicitors, titlelaw.co.uk. Wednesday picks as well, um, available to download. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you for joining us. If you like Singing the Blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.